Hi everyone, I'm Kiranbeep. I'm Audrey. I'm Drishti. And I'm Anand. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with the Manmukti family. Wait, I thought we were called the Pod, Pod Squad. Squad. <laughs> yes, that is us. How did that come about, guys? Pod, what, Squad? Pod Squad? We all yeah. went to go WhatsApp vote, right? Like we were all brainstorming. And then you're like, what should we call ourselves? And then I don't know if it was me or like someone else, but like Pod Squad. It was either Pod Squad or Pod Heads, which is like, I mean, <laughs> that's really close to Pod Heads. Right. I know. That's too I, know. Close. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. All right. So let's talk parenting. This is a hot topic on our Munmukti community Facebook page. Also, listeners, if you haven't checked out our Munmukti community Facebook page, definitely go there. So Anand, what was it that you said that you noticed come up frequently on that page? Well, a lot of the questions on the Munmukti community page are about navigating discussions with parents and seeking inputs from other people who've been through things. And I figure between the four of us, we have uh, some variety of experience and some variety of age. And I thought, you know, we could reflect on some of the conversations we've had both in the past or recently that uh, were pivotal or that taught us something important. Like yeah, in relation absolutely. to our parents, right? Yeah. In relation to our parents and stuff with parents. Is there anything that comes to mind right off the bat with you guys? Like any conversations that maybe you have had? Yeah, I think, for example, um, you know, so as I think about getting married, let's say, right? And uh, and those questions of how to be a good partner come up and how to find a good partner. And then, of course, how to be a good partner to do that. Um, I look to my parents to see like, okay, what are some inputs and what are some thoughts you guys have on that? And then it uh, it invariably puts a, a magnifying glass on their relationship and what they've done through the years to uh, reconcile their differences. And um, so it's kind of woken up some sleeping lions, right? And in, in their conflicts and it's given us a chance to try to solve those. And uh, I was just talking about this yesterday with my buddy. It's like, how, how receptive are they to inputs from their kids who are now adults, right? Like about and their own relationship? About their own relationship, right? I saw Audrey's eyebrows go up. You guys who were just listening <laughs> to this didn't get to see that. But her eyebrows shot up about three miles. Well, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, did you did you offer to give inputs or have you shared inputs on your parents' relationship with them? Mm-hmm. Do tell. Have you guys not? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been married for five years. So mm-hmm. the topic definitely comes up mm-hmm. more so with my dad, which is interesting. I didn't realize how open he was about these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was it's like that with parenting too. Like when you become a parent, you reach towards other kind of role models. Like, Hey, how did you do this? How did you navigate this? Um, I would say like the one thing that I definitely noticed with my parents is they're really good at conflict resolution. Like if you can nail that down, you're pretty much good to go. Yeah. I, I like violently shook my head. No, when you asked about whether, you know, if I've ever shared inputs about like with my parents relationship, I have many thoughts about it, but I, I don't know. I don't think I could, I wouldn't know even know how to approach it um, with my parents. Cause I feel like whatever they have going on. Like, I don't know how open they would be about talking about it with me. So I have not tried. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Audrey. I feel like with my parents, it's like, I know I, they would like tell me about the issues, but they're not really open to resolving it. So it's more like they're both kind of just venting about the problem, but there's no, like during the first time, that's like the first time I've heard someone say, like, oh, my parents are really good at conversation. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, That's so interesting. And I love that we get to share these different experiences because for my, from my mind, I'm just like, okay, if they've been married for like 25, 30, 40 years, like they must have everything figured out. But I guess that's not always the case. 
what are we're some all shaking I mean, our so heads no <laughs> we're all shaking our heads for the listeners okay all of us are losing <laughs> our minds over this revelation about karen i mean it actually makes sense looking at karen deeper like of course her parents how stable along. she is yeah. and it must have come from somewhere um, like the pieces are all fitting together nicely but what are some things that your parents taught you about how to maintain a stable relationship i mean you must have been you're you must have seen this growing up and uh, internalize a lot of important lessons. I think they they just communicate and listen to each other. Like v- very much listen to each other. I'm not saying that they didn't have like heated conversations. I mean, there were times where it's like, oh, like I'm terrified, you know, like what's about to happen. But I think at, at the end of the day, it was always, it's never going to end, you know? So you might as well figure it out and also speak your piece. But I also come from a family where my mom was very, she was very confident and open and vocal about Mm. how she was feeling and things that she had to take on. So I think that because of that, even though my dad is very opinionated and he comes from a family of six children and he's the oldest son. So he also, you know, you know, they clashed heads pretty frequently, but I think it took time for them to get to that point, but they got to the point where they fully understood each other. And I think that's what the key was there that they kind of understood like what each other, what each other's needs are. Also, my dad watches a lot of YouTube videos on um, psychology. (laughs) So maybe that's part of it too. They've definitely like changed their conversations have definitely changed over the years which I think sometimes people and kids ourselves, we forget that when we are born, they're still very young, you know, like they're in their twenties and thirties, like life is still happening to them. They're still growing and aging and learning. And I think sometimes with us, we forget that. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, when, when you're asking about like, you know, what kind of stands out to you in terms of conversations with parents, um, I, I definitely like that becomes more and more apparent to me every like with every month, every year um, of just how human and three dimensional my parents are and how much I've forgotten that um, because I've also brought up or relation like discussions about relationships will come up with my parents. Um, and that was something that I used to hide very much from them, like, you know just would not be talked about if I was seeing anyone talking to anyone. Um, But when I grew up and with this, you know, recent uh, or this current relationship, and I have been able to talk about it with them, that was so different. Um, And then we've been having, we've had conversations that I, I never could have imagined having with my parents about, you know, what are you like them asking me, like, what are you feeling? You know, what are you unsure about? And me actually being able to open up about that. And it's like, I'm not sure about this trait in this person, or I don't know how this is going to go. And then they were able to come back to me with just, you know, so much depth that I feel so silly for being so surprised because like you said, they're, they're human. They were young when they had us. And regardless, they're still developing all the time, just like we are. And um, I remember like this particular conversation, um, my parents, I was there, I was in town for just one night in Dallas and they really wanted to sit down and talk to me about my relationship at the time, just how are things going? Where is this headed? All that, um, which is not like, I was trying to avoid that at all costs. <laughs> and, but finally pinned me down by taking me to an Ikea restaurant. Cause that was the only thing nearby and open at the time. So we're sitting at this Ikea restaurant and they just both sat me down. It's like, okay, what's going on? Tell us how you're feeling, da, da, da. And again, feelings I never imagined that I'd be sharing with my parents. And I, afterwards, I remember like just being struck with, you know, what, especially my dad, I was also surprised with my dad ended up coming up with and what he told me. And when I got back in the car, I took out my notes app from my phone. And I started writing it down. I was like, wow, that was actually really good advice. Like, <laughs> Something I, I just would not have imagined because I kept those parts of my life so separate from my parents. And then being able to have that conversation just added a new layer to knowing them and understanding them that I didn't think I would get to have because I'd already resolved it in my head that those are two separate parts. But um, yeah, that was 
hugely eye-opening to me. And I don't think I've like seen them the same way since in a good way. I love that you had a breakthrough conversation with your parents at Ikea. Like Ikea will never be the same anymore. I think even if I go to an Ikea restaurant now, I'm going to be like, oh, now I remember that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see if I can can have this with my kid right now, right here. Yeah. I mean, you're welcome. You will never see Ikea the same way. I think I think uh, it's that conversation and the 500 days of summer that will come to my mind anytime I go to. Yes. I also have a question for you guys because I'm like you all said, a generation younger. So, Like, I feel like um, I don't really talk to my parents about any of these things. Um, I'm really close to my mom. So I talk to her about uh, relationships a lot. And I think I've been opening up to her a little bit more recently. And it's Mm -hmm. actually been going pretty well because I feel like it's different with parents because they kind of know you a lot better. So it's like they know what your tendencies are. So it's Mm -hmm. like when you tell them a story, they'll look at it from a way that like they already know you at a deeper level. So they'll know like exactly what you're trying to do and what's going on. So they can give you a lot better advice, which I didn't really realize. So I guess like the question that I have for you guys is, do you think it's like for younger people, do you think it's good to open up about these things earlier? Or do you think it's like not maybe the best because otherwise the other side of it is like you can scare your parents and be like oh no like why are you so why are you in a relationship if that's so bad or like do you think it's better I don't think there's ever too early of an age for you to open up about certain experiences like you're definitely right that parents do understand you on a certain level but they don't always experience what you experience at school for example or your social circle so if you can bring that perspective into their lives they will have like a full circle kind of experience what you're experiencing which i think at least with my parents they didn't understand you know like they d- definitely did not fully understand the experience of going through high school like in North America. Yeah, there's going back to what you're saying. I think like once you're comfortable speaking on certain aspects, I think that's when you should approach your parents mm-hmm. with the conversation. I will also say that I'm an advocate for trying to be open with your parents. Um you know, just like pushing the envelope within yourself and within them. Um and this is a definitely like you know, I need to practice what I preach too. So I'm also working on being more open with them. But I think I'll say that the the benefits of opening up with your parents have always have continued to surprise me. So like I gave the example of, you know, relationship talk at Ikea's and how I came up with some real good nuggets there. And um, I think like you're so right that parents understand you at a level that you don't even realize. Um, they come up with you know, from raising you. So they've seen every facet of who you are and how you act and behave from an outsider's perspective. So they have like a real, like deep understanding of who you are. But that being said, they won't know everything. They don't know what you're going through at school or inside or whatever. Um, And so it's a way for them to understand you better. Um, And it's also a way for, again, you to understand them better and I think like just bring that closeness like again that oh being able to open up about my relationships even just a fraction with my parents I just felt like kind of like you know like achievement unlocked you know it's like oh wow like this is another layer that's part of our relationship now and I like I personally I would like to be closer to my parents I think like I've kept a kind of distance like an emotional distance from them or personal distance from them because I was like I, they're not going to understand they're not going to get it. Um, it's just easier if I, you know, split these things. Um, but again, I just continue to be surprised with how understanding they are. So I think it's difficult to do it. It's difficult conversations. So whatever happens, whatever mistakes you made or things they don't agree with, they still love you. And so it just kind of builds the relationship. So it sounds like you're kind of it's like not like talk to your parents, not just about the relationship for the advice for the relationship, but also just to improve your relationship with your parents. Like Mm -hmm. talking about that will bring you closer to your parents and improve communication like between the two of you. And I feel like that's kind of what your experience is, like what you've noticed with your parents. Yeah. Um, I had another question kind of building off that one for you guys. So it's like, how important do you think your parents' opinion is on your relationship? Like if they were to say, oh, I really don't like this person, like, would you 
would you break up with them or <laughs> like, Karen, if your face is in your hands you're yeah. like <laughs> you want to go first no I don't want to go first <laughs> well I'm just interested because there she has these very specific pointed questions I feel like she's going through something right no now. no I'm like I just I was just thinking of that based on that one no it's a great question I think it's, it's so funny you mentioned that because one of my buddies was going through this like two days ago. Um, well, just to add to something that Audrey said before that could be tied into this is that I think it's pretty important to figure out what the motivations are of a conversation or like a, an, like a topic, right? Like um, it's pretty like when you talk to your parents, right? Like, you, like the superficial conversation could be about your relationship with someone else, but you can say, what I really want to do is just get to know you, mom, you know? And I'm not super looking for advice here. I'm kind of just mm-hmm. trying to vent or listen to you vent about something, right? I mean, um, we don't frequently allow our parents to just vent at us. We kind of think of it as lecturing or something like this, you know, but they could, they could need it, you know, and in a way we, uh, we know their brain better than anyone else on the planet, right? Because we're from their brain, you know, and so um, we might have solutions to their problems. So, um, so then the next question is how much does it matter to you what they think of your partner or something i think um this is probably informed a lot by the first thing which is building a relationship with them so that they know you better i mean to me it's highly unlikely that if they know you very well and that you like someone a lot that they will have a problem with that person it's i don't see how that even computes mathematically because they they would have been like oh yeah well that's obviously the person produced you know i mean i know her very well i think that what usually bothers parents about about uh, people is that that for their kids find is that like oh my god do I not know my own child right that that's kind of what occurs to them I imagine and so um I think keeping up those those uh, lines of communication with your parents about what kind of thoughts you have and what you're wrestling and grappling with just generally the kind of things that bother you about life or excite you about life all that stuff will kind of uh, amalgamate into like a picture of a person that they can sort of at one point imagine you to be, and then someone else that would join that person in life. And so, um, it, you know, like, like you were saying, you summarize it beautifully, you know, um, not just talking about the things that bother you, but just working on building a relationship with your parents. And I'm telling you, if I knew this at the age of your, what, 20, I would have been miles <laughs> ahead. You know? Yeah, I guess that is really good advice. I, I didn't really think about it like that. So I guess even for the listeners, that's something to take away. I think Anand, join us next time for the geriatric really perspective. Yeah. Sorry, Anand, I think you brought up a really good point that we don't always ask our parents to vent to us. Mm-hmm. I think maybe in the last three years, we've gotten to the point with my parents where like my mm-hmm. dad would just call me if my mom's on night shift or something and then just like vent about random things that are happening in his Aww. life. <laughs> Not for opinions, obviously, just right. to be like, thanks for listening. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, anytime. Um, so yeah, it definitely will get to that I, again. Like your parents are growing and learning at the same time. So if you kind of open up to them, like they'll open up to you as well, if you allow it. Um, and then you can also kind of mirror that, right? Like if, if they're opening up to you and you just want them to listen, like you got to communicate that, that Hey, I'm just venting. I just want you to listen. I don't want, I don't need you to fix this. Like, I don't need you to be a parent right now. I just want you to be, you know, someone who fully understands who I am. So Drishti, actually you're, cause going back to your question about, does it matter what your parents think about your partner? Yeah. That's an interesting question because like from my personal experience, I think it mattered to me a lot because my parents know me so well that it was like, if you don't think that my partner really brings out the best of me, then is that going to be an issue? You know, like to me, like their opinion mattered. And also at the same time, they're from experience, like when your parents love your partner, like there's nothing more special than that. It's Mm -hmm. like they accept them as their daughter or son or whatever. Right. So it's like, they're like open-heartedly bringing them into your family and like Honestly, there's nothing more special than that because then they will also develop that relationship with them as like their kid. And that's really, really special too. Um, that said, if you feel like your partner 
brings out the best in you. Like it's, it's like who you are around them, right? Like, do you like yourself around them or do you not like yourself around them? Like, is they bringing out the good in you or are they bringing out something really ugly in you? And I think that's really important to consider as well. Yeah. And it's like, they'll, uh, just because, you know, they've been through the experience of marriage, they're going to come with the perspective of what shit really matters. You know, like they've been through financial things, personal things, family things, um, you know, like so many things and they've, uh, especially if, you know, or in additionally, if they're immigrant parents, like they've been through a lot of things. So they're going to come with the perspective of like, you think this is important, it's actually not as important you think is, or this thing that you didn't even think about, like finances, I'm just giving an example, but they'll be able to say from experience, like, this is what matters. So, you know, they come with like decades and years of experience that they'll inform, that'll inform their advice or their opinion. Um, you know, to some degree, it's like, you know, it's, it, you have to take it with a grain of salt, but I would say like, you, you do want to seek out the, like some kind of advice or opinion from your parents um, and then do with it what you will. Because again, you, you know, your heart inside out, like you're going to come with your own experiences, but just to say that they come up with their own years of experience that they will bring up things you probably didn't even think about. Um, and maybe some hard truths, you know, that come with the validity of them living through stuff. <laughs> so that's exactly it. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah. They bring um, on this, uh, other aspect of marriage through their experience. I feel like one thing that would really have helped me more is um, because my parents would try and they would give advice in ways that was not helpful so often, whenever they did something that was helpful, I didn't know how to properly appreciate it. And if I had, I would have done a lot to positively reinforce that. And I would have made them feel quite capable of uh, being resourceful in my life. And that would have probably helped them hone the kind of advice and inputs they gave me. I was kind of just like this, you know, morose teenager for a lot of their discussions with me. And um, that's probably just in keeping with my developmental stage and the, the state of my cortex. But uh, at this point, I can see it a bit more clearly that I should have done that. And, uh, and I think that that also helps them learn more about you, like what you actually like about them. Cause I mean, my mom, I think she went years thinking we don't like her, you know? I mean, that's Aww. not true. I mean, it's not true. It's just not true. And I don't know. I don't, that must be the case with a lot of moms and dads out there, you know? And um, so. Let me just say that it's never too late to say that. Like, I feel like I didn't really fully appreciate my parents until I became a parent, mm-hmm. but now I will tell them every time a, a moment that I, I still remember, like to the point where I'm even choked up now. It's like, um, whenever my mom says like, yeah, you guys turned out like, I'm, I'm so glad and grateful that you guys turn out to be good people. You make mistakes and things that I don't understand, but for the most yeah. part, like you're good at heart. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and like, it's something I didn't realize I needed to hear, or like, I didn't realize that I would hear, but just hearing like, yeah, you guys turn out all right. Like where it counts. Yeah. Damn. I'm sending you a hug. Oh. <laughs> um, Anand, I had a question for you. So how did you like, cause I feel like sometimes with parents, it's like, if you just say like, oh, if you verbally just like give appreciation, they don't really take it. Like they'll kind of just like, oh, you're just saying that. Or I don't know, maybe that's just my experience. Like, how do you actually like speak in a language that they'll like understand that you're really appreciating them like did you learn anything from that I think a lot of um like for me it'll be like hey mom I listened to what you said and I took your advice and I did mm-hmm. this and this is what happened and uh, or hey mom tell me again that thing you said last week and I, I need to hear that again you know mm-hmm. um or uh I mean just ascribing some sort of value to what they say which is almost like they can feel like they're just a radio in the background of your life Mm. Um, my mom is, uh, she's, she's got an undergraduate degree in India and then she came here and she was basically a homemaker for the entirety of my uh, upbringing, which I'm a, I'm a doctor. My brother's a lawyer. My dad's an engineer. She has a sense that there's not much wisdom that she can contribute to the family, which is not true. I mean, she has like 
I call it earth wisdom, you know, just wisdom of, of, uh, of uh, the planetary motions that just, it, it exists inside her in, in a way. And uh, we get distracted a lot by the, by the things of the world, but she understands things of the universe, you know, and, and I think that that's kind of cool. And I try to make her realize that, that, that I appreciate that about her as often as I can. Um, and that, and that number one, I'm trying to undo what I think I'm, we all might've done um, years hence, which was uh, this notion that she's not as useful as we are in the family or we're just carrying her around, um, you know, as a sort of charity or something like this, you know? And I think, I don't know. I think that that's maybe something that I'll, I'll be working off the rest of my life. I mean, I call her now and, you know, she, she's apologetic you know, during the phone call. She's like, Hey, you know, you don't have to call me if you're busy. I'm like, no, I'm calling you because I want to, you know, like she said, don't call me for, for me. I said, I'm calling you for me. You know, I think that's really common in South Asian culture that mothers feel like, because they're not either career women or professionals or working that they feel like they're not giving into society in a way that is, as we talked about last time, like that hierarchy, you know? Um, but just the fact that she supports three professionals, like, wow, like, you know, like you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing if it wasn't for a nurturing, loving mother who brought something to the table, but it's invisible, you know? And I think that's hard. That's a hard conversation. And Definitely. You're so sweet though, Anand. I feel like you would always be telling her. The thing is that some of what we, what I do now is probably compensatory for, and for, for what I wish I had done. I mean, I, I recognize that too. And I think uh, there are aspects of your, your interaction with the world that is just so different from your interaction with, the, with your parents. And, um, and you don't really learn to, I mean, I didn't learn to do the, I didn't learn to treat my family as I had learned to treat the world because my family felt like a completely different place, you know? Mm. Um, I, I always sense like, you know, we'd go out in public and we'd act a certain way and we'd go back to our house, we act a different way. And I was like, okay, there's family world and there's world world, you know? And, um, and I, I never learned to bring wisdom from world world into family world, you know? And uh, so that's what I'm trying to do now. Um, I think, what are you saying? We said something really wonderful earlier, which is that it's never too late to appreciate it. And I think one of the ways that I'm trying to appreciate it is actually just to be present with her um, and make it sort of a, a normal thing that we're talking about stuff that's not just, um, you know, when are you getting married? And, you know, did you eat? You know, I learned that if I talk to my mom for exactly 10 minutes, um, all that comes up is have you eaten? How was work? How's, uh, you know, is your roommate at home, you know? Uh, but if I get to the 11th minute, she'll talk about like, so I called my mom today and I'm like, oh my God, this is great shit, you know? And, <laughs> and like 11 to like the minute 30, 45, like this is a different person than the minutes one to 10, you know? It's a different person. And, um, but you got to dig, you know, you got to, you got to find the, like you got to dig for that earth wisdom, you know? So. No, I think like that kind of clicked in my head. Like, I think often we get stuck in the first 10 minutes of our parents. Like, I think we, we go a lot of our life only knowing that first 10 minutes of our parents and keep it at that level. And now we're at the point where we're trying to go to minute 11 and 30, and get to know them on that level. I think once you hit, I don't know, for me, it was around, I would say age 25 where I was like kind of confident in who I was too and what my values were that I've kind of understood. And like my mom always used to say this to me that you guys are going to leave and then you're going to come back. And when you come back, you're going to be a different person. And I didn't fully understand what she was saying. And she would say that to like my aunts as well. Like, oh, don't worry. Like they kind of flee the nest to figure out who they are and then they come back. And when they come back, they're going to be different. So, and it's true because- something shifts and then they view you more as an adult who has had their experience now in the world. And then they start valuing your opinion and your experience. 
And it's hard when you're a kid and you don't really have much of that experience, but when you kind of, you know, flee the nest and come back, then it's like, Hey, we want to know what's going on. Like what now, what do you think of the world? Like, what has your experience been? And like, you know, I think a lot of us in South Asian culture, like our parents will allow us to do that, especially now, like you go off to college or university or like some sort of, you know, job or traveling, whatever it might be. Um, and then eventually you realize all of those values that your parents were instilling in you are actually, you know, pretty golden. <laughs> um, but yeah, at least that's been my experience. I know it's not always the case with parents. I think that our, a lot of our conversation today has been about, you know, good parenting and the good side of parenting. What do you guys think has been something that you feel like when you're parents, you want to kind of change from your experience as being parented? I literally, like I was, I was doing this conversation game yesterday and that, that question came up, like, what do you want to change when you become a parent? And like the first thing that came to my mind was that I think like, at least for me, whenever I would cry or express any sort of emotion, it would kind of just be like, everything's completely fine. Like, why are you crying? Like, you're always crying. You're so sensitive. And I think I've kind of had this narrative build up where I am overly sensitive and it like I start to feel almost embarrassed when I'm crying and it's like only recently that I realized like crying is a good thing and like emotions are physical and your body needs a physical release and it's like it's healthier than releasing it in like anger so I feel like I want to change the narrative around releasing emotion and like crying and like yeah some people are more sensitive but that's okay so I think that's a big one for me. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, I think I would definitely just want to be more open. If I were to have kids, I would want to, I would want them to feel more comfortable to be open around me, rather than kind of, you know, feeling like they have to lead some kind of like double life or keep those worlds separate. Um, so I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's probably easier said than done. And I'm sure a lot of kids are like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to be a different parent. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna be like friends and all that. So I, I don't know to what degree that'd be possible, <laughs> I but that. I would like and hope that I, my kid could open up to me more. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it's just silly that I'm talking before, you know, KD here, but I'm going to, tr- I'm going to do it anyway. I, uh, I feel like my parents are I- ideal, idealistic and they're, um, and their aspirations, you know, and I think they, they always broadcast the ideal. And so um, a lot of my, the aspects of myself that were not ideal or, or works in progress or half-baked, I didn't know how to really share those parts with them and be- because they never shared those parts with me, you know. Um, and so I think uh, I, didn't, I didn't have a language for vulnerability is the word, you know. And, and uh, so... I'm trying to give my, I'm trying to teach my mom how to do it. My dad still, I don't know if he still has it. Like, I, I don't think he's even capable of thinking about, about like expressing weakness. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, because he has a captainship of people for decades on a single income. And he, he, if it was any vulnerability, I mean, this is, this is, you know, this is why men have heart issues and, and strokes and stuff like this, because this they always carry their stress on the inside. They don't do any, they can't, they can't hug a kitten. Like there's a wonderful article I read yesterday about uh, how men tell their sons that they love them. And it's like, have you checked the oil lately in your car? You know, <laughs> those tire treads look a little shallow. That's super you know? sweet. And it's like, that's how they, they talk about it, you know? And, and I think to a sensitive child, like, like thirsty would, would perceive that that's how they express, express love. But some people might, might just miss it, you know? And, and so I think I'd like to be able to tell my kids, uh, I want them to see me cry. Cause I cry constantly. Like I'll cry during commercials and stuff, you know? And I think that plus me trying to work through issues out loud with them rather than like looking like I have the answers, you know, um, to that and having a partner that is okay with you not having all the answers and being able to express them huge. Right. So, um, what I feel like I have changed <laughs> As a parent now, um, our listeners, if you don't know, I'm a mother of a three and a half year old son. I think the first thing I wanted for him as me, as his parent was for me to kind of help flourish 
his experience as a human on this planet. Like, I don't want to ever instill my passions onto him. Like I want him to like discover what his passions are, you know? And like, obviously right now it's trucks and construction site (laughs) and that's great, you know? (laughs) And so anytime there is a construction site, we'll stop and be like, Hey, what is that? What is this? You know, what does this do? Uh, What are the parts, this and that? Um, So I never ever want to be at a point where it's like, I want you to be this person. Like, I just want you to be you, whatever that ends up being. Like, of course, at some point, it's going to be a little difficult because we're going to have to have the conversation of like, how are you going to thrive in this world? Um, We have to put food on the table and things like that. The other thing that I feel like maybe kind of lacked in my relationship with my parents growing up on, and you had brought it up, that transparency of like working through situations and like expressing how you're feeling. Um, so, you know, like every so often when I do cry, I, and he, my son sees me crying, I will tell him like, mommy's feeling sad. She's crying. It helps make me feel better. Um, and then he'll be like, it's okay. You'll be all right. And then he like wipes my tears. (laughs) It's the cutest thing ever. Um, but yeah. And then also trans transparency in the sense that like, this is a challenge we're going to talk about it. And this is how we're working through it. You know, cause I think like with my parents, it, it always makes us feel like we are the problem, you know, and you don't always want to put that on your kids that like, <laughs> you are the issue that we're trying to sort out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's hard, but yeah, transparency. What are some of the, cause we, yeah, like we talked a lot about positive parenting. Like what are some of the impacts your parents have had on you that are a little bit more negative and how do you think you guys have worked through those like some behavioral traits that you've noticed that you've developed I do have a tendency to be idealistic as well you know because this is like a boy a boy follows his father like you watch him walking ahead of you you kind of try to walk like him you, you wear shoes you try to use his razor this is all in key. this is all the same right it's like what my dad says I try to I tried to say for a long time which is whenever I didn't understand something, I'd speak broadly and globally and uh, I'd use a lot of common nouns that are proper nouns and I'd say people instead of me. And uh, I think I'm trying to deliberately stop doing that. And man, I tell my patients that a whole lot more than I really believe it. You know, I see parents all the time with their kids. Kids are anxious. I say, parents, what do you do with your anxiety? And the mom will say something like, hey, we talk about her anxiety. And I say, oh, really? Give me an example. And she goes like, well, I tell my, I tell my kids every day at dinner, as we go around the table, I say, mom's having a little bit of a tough day, but tomorrow's going to be better. You know, and I said, why do you add the tomorrow's going to be better? Do you know that? And has it ever not been the case? What do you say to yourself in bed? You say, I hope tomorrow's going to be better. Don't you? That's what you say. So say that to your kid, you know, say that you don't know things, but you hope things, you know, and, and that's really helpful for anxiety because it, 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 anxiety is born from uh, like in my mind, like an a, a incongruency between the world as you perceive it and the world you have to create in your brain, you know? And so if you admit that there's, in, there's reasons to be worried, then you're like, oh shit, like at least the world that I know is real, you know, at least the world that I perceive in my head is real compared to the one that I'm in the world that, I, that I'm living in. Um, so I try to do that more. I try to um, tell my parents, I'm like, it's, it kills me, but I'm like, hey mom, this is actually something I'm worried about. And I'm worried because it'll become her worry now and my dad's worried therefore. And, uh, but I, I'm just like, listen, you don't have to take this worry. I got this, but it's all in my mind. You know, things aren't always great for me, you know? And by the way, things don't always have to be great for you. You don't have to have an answer to the question that I'm looking for. You know, like we could try to find it together over time. Maybe we'll never know, but it'll be okay. You know, like, just like, just like that garage, the corner of the garage never gets cleaned up even though it's been 20 years, it's okay. You know, we'll be okay. So that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to tell them um, with the way I talk now. I think the biggest thing that comes to my mind is feeling like, like if something comes up and I, I falter off my track or, or at least in my parents' opinion, I messed up. I don't ever want to make my kid feel like something's wrong with them. And I feel like that happened to me a lot growing up where I felt like I'm a bad kid. I'm not, 
Yeah. What? <laughs> I was a naughty teenager. Okay. Let's be honest. I was a very naughty teenager. I gave my parents a headache. Um, Okay, that has to be another episode where you, you, we hear about how Karen Deep was a bad teenager. That's her IKEA story episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, compared to my sister, who is like a goody goody, basically. So yeah, I always felt like I'm the bad kid. I think like sometimes when I had the conversation with my parents, I didn't always get the explanation of why something is frowned upon. You know, like, is it because someone else told you that it's frowned upon or is it because you actually believe that if someone is doing X, Y, Z, that they're going to end up in the gutter for the rest of their life? You know, like I wanted more of an explanation as to why things are the way that they are. And I didn't always get that. But I think it's because my parents were also parented that way where they didn't get the explanation. So it was hard for them to explain it to me because mm -hmm. they were just like, this is just the way that life works. This is just the way society works. Like you don't talk to boys because you're going to end up pregnant. And it's like, no, it doesn't always end up being that way. Let's all chill. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, just the, even though I, again, like I, I really need to practice what I preach more, but I think subconsciously I do pick up on the habit of, um, you know, something shouldn't be talked about or keeping, keeping my issues to myself and not wanting to burden my parents with it. Um, because I think that's how they think about bringing up issues with me. I mean, now, like, they're a bit more open about talking about, you know, personal matters or things happening with the family and all that. But for a long time, I, I was in the dark about a lot of things um, going on with in my own family. And um, I think they were just trying to be protective. Um, but again, it just it just feels like then there's this barrier, this really thick wall between you and your parents, your family. And so I think I picked up on that, um, you know, or if, if there was something that my mom or dad are going through personally, like I just would not know about it, would get no hints of it, um, except through their subconscious behavior. And so subliminal things, um, you know, lashing out or whatever. But I think because they came from, they didn't want to burden me with it. They don't want to burden the kids with what they're going through, that I also kind of do that in turn, where I'm like, eh, I, I don't need to bother my parents about this, because they're just going to freak out more. Um, so I think that's one kind of like negative thing that I picked up. But what about you, uh, Dershi? Was there anything that you kind of noticed that you picked up? Yeah, yeah. Dershi, you're asking all the questions and you're not answering them. <laughs> Give us your answer. <laughs> I'll answer this one. Um, I think like I've noticed that I'm in like conflicts with people. I tend to be pretty passive or it takes a lot of me to like speak up if I'm having a problem with someone um like I'll either be like oh it's not that big of a deal and then I'll brush it under but then I'll like build up resentment and then that's not really good or like if someone's telling me that they have an issue with me I'll take it very very much to heart and then that's not very good either so it's like just being more comfortable with discomfort in relationships like you know like in a lot of conflicts there's usually a problem with both people and like working together to come up with the solution I think like I noticed with my parents that they tend to point fingers a lot and it always becomes one person's fault. And I feel like I do that a lot with other people and I tend to either put it entirely on me or entirely on the other person. And yeah, like finding a middle ground there is something that I'm trying to work on, but it's also really challenging when you have a natural tendency to do it over and over and over again. Um, but yeah. And in the chat, I asked the question about whether she has any younger siblings. And the reason I did that was because I noticed that whatever tendency that I, I might have toward in, in my own parenting style, it, I've observed it come up in sapling form with my younger brother, you know, and I, I'm always paying attention to how I treat him because I'm like, there's something here. They're, these are harbingers, you know, these are canaries in the coal mine um, about things I might try to do with my own kids. And so I did occasionally when I was younger, I did try to paint an idealistic picture of my life, you know. I, uh, I didn't, I you know, I tried to give him a good example, essentially, as he was trying to navigate the world. I told him about college and I didn't drink until he drank. He's younger than me. Okay. So um, this is, this is, I think, I'm so glad I had him uh, there for me to, first of all, you know, keep me honest. Right. But also um, to get, help me catch aspects of my uh, 
personality that I, I feel like I, I, I am so eager to work on, you know? And so I know that KD, you have a younger sibling and I Audrey has younger sibling. That's why I asked about you um, because we both have, I know, I, KD, you also have an older sibling that, that is your sister older? Yeah. So my sister is a year and two months older than me. So mm-hmm. even though we're so close in age, um, we always, you know, she's the older one. We respect her as the older one. And then my brother, Jathan, who is also one of our podcast hosts slash producers, he is almost five years. Yeah. Five years younger than me, but because we kind of went through med school together, we became really close. Like we became really good friends. My brother and I are just one and a half as well. Kind of like you and your sister. Um, but, um, there was not such a stark, like older sibling thing except in my imagination, you know, I felt I had to be that person, but now we're much more, are, uh, we much, we do a much better job collaborating on questions rather than like, uh, me giving him the answers, you know, like your stuff. peers rather than, you yeah. Know, yeah. hierarchical. Well, the follow-up to that is then asking your brother about how, what a good job of a parent you've been to him. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. You got to ask him if, if he's felt like he's had to uphold some fake principle of, of how to exist in the world or, or whether he's felt like uh, safe to be who he is around me. And I think he'll probably tell you he feels safe, but that's where he needs uh, to really think about it too, you know? Um, and and we'll get to see him when he has his kid raise this kid without any real practice of someone younger than him that he's raising essentially, you know? Um, so I'll be there for him, not just in a clinical sense, but in, in, a, in a fraternal sense by that point. This is a good talk, guys. Yeah, yeah. that was a good talk. I love chatting with you guys. I feel like you're my buddies. I can't believe that Dristy wants to hang out with us. That's what I, I kept thinking. <laughs> Wait, where where did, did you hear that? She's up at 8 a.m., you know? Oh, by the fact that she's like here. You guys give old... good advice. Like, it's such good advice for me. Oh, my God. Uh, take it. everything with three huge grains of salt. <laughs> yeah, like. please. <laughs> Again, we're still learning. Um, and I'd just like to add I mean like just like one last note is um, that I mentioned up earlier is that it just feels liberating also is like even though those hard conversations that I couldn't imagine having with my parents whether they went poorly or well especially when they went well it just felt so liberating I was like like I think I physically felt something in my chest lighten a little bit that I could talk to something talk to them about something like relationships or feelings Absolutely. That's really important. So there was one other thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, actually. One more question. Have you ever had a conversation of your parents specifically about mental health that comes to mind? I just had one this morning with my mom. I just quite bluntly asked my mom, I was like, so what do you think? Or, you know, what were your ideas of mental health growing up and have they changed? Um, And so I'm grateful that both my parents are pretty like, okay, in terms of like talking about mental health, like the idea of therapy, like when I started therapy and I told them about that and I was kind of anxious about how they take it, they're pretty supportive. And, um, you know, I asked my mom today and she was like, yeah, I understood that, you know, you felt like you need to talk some things out, work some things out with like a professional and these people, they study, you know, about the mind, they go to school for this. And so there's experience or you know, expertise that you can gain from. Um, but it's just, the problem comes when you, when someone becomes dependent on therapy, um, over their own thoughts and opinions and going to, you know, going to therapy or relying on therapy for every little decision, every little thing, like, you know, how much to sleep or what, I don't know, like, but basically if you, if you rely on them for everything versus developing your own thoughts and opinions, that's where the danger is. But other than that, like, it's fine. And, um, you know, the idea of seeking mental health or seeking therapy as being someone as boggle or crazy, like that's something that was more of her parents and her grandparents generation, but like now her and like her generation, they understand like, no, it's just something that happens, something that you do the way that you treat, treat like a, a sprained wrist. So I love that she was so accepting of it. Because quite often what we hear is them blaming themselves, you know, like, mm-hmm. what did I do wrong as a parent that you need to seek therapy? Because I think yeah. as parents, they take on the role of the therapist, yeah. you know, or they feel well, like they need to. Yeah, but I actually, also love that she shared her opinion of therapy with you, mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah, I was really trying to dig at it, but um, yeah. she she did admit she was like, because I asked her up front, I was like, what did you and Abu think when I mentioned that I was going to go into therapy? And she was like, she, you know, yeah, like a part of her did feel bad. It's like, oh, you know, there's something that she, you know, that my daughter's going through that she can't talk to us about. Um, so I think she kind of felt bad, quote unquote, in that sense. Um, but other than that, like supportive. So I'm sure there's a part of her that does like blame herself. Like that's another thing I picked up from my parents is like guilt, heavy senses of guilt. Um, so I think she does, you know, take that on herself, but she at least supports me in like seeking therapy. And like, you know, we've had like some close family members who've gone through, you know, mental health issues. So, you know, she was like, as she grew up, just like through, reading more through talking to people more she she understood that like mental health isn't doesn't mean that you're crazy um that it's you know it's more to it than that what about yeah, you guys? I, talk to, I talk to my uh, mom and dad about anxiety all the time and how it is a uh, it's not really a it's not really restricted to the brain in, in a in a psychiatric kind of sense it can my dad sees the physical more he's an engineer so he sees things that are physical um so i explained to him how anxiety has a lot of physiological uh roots and also effects and how um everything really can be um thought of in terms of the mechanics of of things and so for example i use the analogy of uh, of therapy as sort of engineering of the mind the way you can engineer um the body by working out you can engineer patterns of thinking in the mind that are helpful and good um and that you can really easily reinforce good patterns of thinking and and just in turn you can influence uh, and reinforce bad uh, avenues of thinking and so i try to explain things to them in a way that they understand and give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't have language for things like speaking up and like they would like if you tell them to speak up they wouldn't know like what am i going to talk about like yeah. i have what, what would I confess? I have nothing to talk about, you know? And in fact, I have lots to talk about, you know? So um, like, like the, like your Ikea story, they have tons of those stories. Like they don't even know what kind of goal minds are sitting on in terms of life experiences that they can just rattle off to. If you, if you pour a cup of chai and put some biscuits on the table, you know? And that's something that I think um, it just requires coming down and speaking to them in their language rather than have, forcing them to kind of understand our language. Like, listen, I am going to therapy it's because, you know, um, I'm going through a lot of things right now and you can't really help me right now. Like these are things that, that like, they're going to feel guilty about, but to say like, just like I go to prayer, you know, just like I go to like, uh, meditation, this is me talking, just like I talk to friends. This is someone who has a professional ability to see things, um, in their constituent parts and to help me break patterns of thinking that will actually help me see you better you know, and, uh, that's sort of how, uh, I think about it, you know, and, um, it's not like a retaliation against parenting. It's actually a cooperation, um, towards, uh, interacting with the world a little bit better, including the parents, you know. Um, I think for me, so my mom is pretty open with therapy. I've been going since high school, since like my senior year of high school. And at the beginning, I think she was a little concerned. She, wasn't really sure what was going on, but I think now, like actually a couple of weeks ago, she even asked like, oh, like, what do you do at therapy? Like, how does it help you? So I feel like, and I was able to tell her, like um, I talked to the therapist about different problems I'm having and they helped me identify thought patterns and like, you know, subconscious thinking that I'm doing and it just helps me improve. So mm -hmm. I think she was mostly just trying to understand like how therapy helps other people. But I think like now having her support with therapy helps me feel a lot a lot less like that there's something wrong with me and it's like a very more normal thing to do i was just saying like you're getting you're getting solutions you're bringing them back for the entire family you're like mom yeah. i'm so excited for therapy i'm gonna i'm gonna bring what i learn back to us like i'm going yeah. on a voyage into my brain a brain that you and dad made for me yeah right i'm gonna mine this brain with someone's help someone with a flashlight on their head we're going to look together to find things that will benefit all of us. And I can't wait to share them with you. Pour yourself a glass of chai, a cup of chai, and I'll bring my uh, sangria and we'll talk, you know? <laughs> I love that. 
actually, that's kind of my experience with talking about mental health too, with my parents. It was exactly that is like the more we talk on these podcasts about different topics surrounding mental health, the more I'm learning too. Right. So, you know, like I, I actually, over this past summer, I saw my mom go through an anxiety attack, which like in the past, I never put the two and two together that this is like, I've seen her go through this in the past. Right. And as it was happening, you know, she was like really quiet in the car and I could see like something, she was just off. And then I looked at my brother and I was like, something's off with mom. So I asked her, I was like, mom, is something bothering you? And she just started crying, you know, like out of the blue, we were totally fine. We were, we were happy. We were going to dinner. And, um, and then I was like, mom, it's okay. Just take a deep breath and slow your thought. Look outside. You see the ocean, you see the wind blowing, you know, just like ground yourself a little bit. Just try to be as present as you can in the, in what is happening around you right now. Right. And I was like, mom, like we haven't seen you for so long. Just talk out your thoughts with us. Um, So she started talking and eventually we got to the root of what was causing her anxiety, you know, and then we talked about it a bit. And I was like, guess what, mom, this situation that you just went through, this anxiety that you just went through, all three of your kids go through this. I was like, mom, this is an anxiety attack that you just had. And guess what? It's actually it runs in your family. <laughs> like Didi goes through it. Chetan goes through it. I go through it. And like over the years, like we just learned more about it. And like, you need tools for yourself when you feel like you're going through something like this and have like people around you that you trust when you feel like you're going to be entering into this sort of mental like whirlwind that you're going to be going through. Um, so give yourself the tools. And she was just like so much more open about it. And instantly she felt better. She's like, wow, like I put my finger on it, you know, like this is what it is and this is how I can help myself. Um, so yeah, I like on going back to what you were saying, like it's important for us to kind of do the mining for our family as well and try to break that, you know, cycle of having to go through these situations without knowing what it is and having the tools to help your family members and like family and friends too. And isn't it weird that we've reached that part of our lives where we, we get to have to kind of parent our parents a little bit. Like you're, you just gave advice to your mom. Like you fixed her (laughs) boo-boo when (laughs) you, you put the bandaid and kissed it to make it better when that's what they've been doing all our lives. And you know, I, for one, still do not feel like a grown up in any kind of sense. Um, you know, that's my parents. I'm like, oh, they're grown ups. Um, but when those situations happen where I'm actually helping them or I'm listening to them or, you know, working something out with them, that always blows my mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I, yeah. I'm helping my parents. Like, that's yeah, I think there comes that age, you know, like last weekend I turned 35 and anytime like a birthday comes around, I try to introspect on like, what's my life all about, you know, and I wasn't too happy that I'm already in my mid thirties, but then I was like between 30 and 35, like I learned a lot about life itself, like 20 to 30, you're really finding yourself. And then, you know, like in your thirties, I feel like you're kind of building the foundation of also your kids and how your family life is going to go and what you want to really like leave on this planet or learn. Um, and then I heard one of somebody on Instagram was talking about it, that when you hit your forties, it's actually a beautiful age. Like people get so much anxiety about turning 40, but it's the perfect age because your kids are, you know, kind of in their first decade of life. So you see them and you also have your parents that are kind of older. So you're actually in the middle where you're taking care of your kids and you're also taking care of your parents because they're getting older. So really you're, you're on two sides. You're kind of like holding it all together. Right. So you get to experience both and your parents aren't like so old that, you know, they're going to be requiring some serious care. And then your kids are also at that beautiful beginning of the age where you kind of, you know, get to parent both sides. Mm -hmm. So like Audrey, you were saying that, you know, the tables do turn. (laughs) and you get to kind of like teach your parents too about your experience in your first two three decades of life it's a completely different set of skills than than we optimize for at the age of like 24 where we're like really excited about 
uh, learning stuff and doing stuff for ourselves, self-growth. And then suddenly you have to account for like so many other variables besides just you, you know, like, yeah, I can't imagine getting groceries for more than myself, you know, and yet there'll be times where I have to do that for my parents and for my kids and my wife and me, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, it's kind of exciting. Audrey's eyes did not really. Yeah. <laughs> you said exciting. I thought anxious. <laughs> it is daunting. It is daunting to think about how am I going to take on all this responsibility? But you guys, like, let me tell you from experience, you just adjust. A lot of times, like in our life, when we feel like we need to take on all these responsibilities, the anxiety of it, it's so much worse in our head than it ends up being in reality. So just remember, you're way more capable than you think you are. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Real Talk with the Man Mukti Pod Squad. If you would like to ask us any questions or suggest any Real Talk topics or guest speakers, go ahead and visit our Man Mukti Instagram page at Man Mukti and comment on any of our posts. We always appreciate your support. So when you get a chance, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast channel. In the meantime, take care of your mind, body, and soul. This is Kiran Deep. Signing out.